started as any other day. Welcome back to Macabre Reality, True Stories of Everyday Horror, everybody. Hello, Matt. How's it going? Great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Mm. I think the story's about you, isn't it? Uh, the, no. The human crush? The human crush. Oh, mm. thank you. You're my human crush. No, but seriously, this is not about him. On today's episode, we discuss what it's like to be a part of a human cheese grater. Mm. Well, no. I feel like that sort of thing has happened... Ooh. In like industrial accidents. This, right, this is more is like a um, Play-Doh press. Uh, you know that um, that method of execution where they like uh, put a bunch of stones on your chest until you can't breathe anymore because the weight. Oh, yeah. And then you asphyxiate. That's what this is. Right. On a mass scale. Because this is the Hillsboro crush. That's right. <laughs> On April 15, 1989, a clamoring crowd of fans descended upon Hillsborough Stadium in Sheffield, South Yorkshire, England, to see a football match. Uh, that's a soccer game to our American listeners. Yeah. Between Liverpool FC and Nottingham Forest. Now, are, from here on, are we going to call it soccer or are we going to call it football? Um, I'll probably call it football. And oh. So, well, I'm, maybe okay. soccer, football. I'll probably call it football. Um, but yeah, we're talking about English. Yeah. What they call association football. Easily the biggest sport in the world, right? Yeah. I mean, Very popular okay. all over the world. More and more popular in the U.S. Yeah. Ever growing. And not for me, but for. Well, there's a been a lot of, a lot of false starts for, uh, you know, and historically for soccer in the U.S. But it seems like there's, there's a, this time there is a general, like a, a real groundswell of support. For soccer. Yeah. I mean, we have our own minor league club now in right. our town, which is not that big. I mean, it's not small, but. Yeah. And then I think the only time I actually enjoyed soccer was when the women won the Olympics. Was it the Olympics? Or the Against World Cup? China. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't watch soccer. That was a long time ago, all. but I remember that. Yeah. They all, they took their shirts off and ran around and slid in the grass and shit. I yeah. thought that was awesome. They sure did. Um, but yeah, and you, so you don't watch our men's team when they. Uh, if it's if it's a finals match, sure. It's like basketball uh, for they, me. Yeah, the men's team is not going to be in a finals okay. match. If they're in the finals, I'll watch it. Well, then, you, still, that, then you haven't seen them. Because they, they, don't, they don't make it very far. Or if they make it into the tournament at all. That's oh, I've heard. Men's team, yeah. I've heard they're pretty but, terrible. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not great. So any amount of success we have on the men's side uh, is, is greatly celebrated. Well, I feel like if you like soccer in the United States, you pull for like an English team or something like that. Anyways. A lot of a, a lot of Americans pick an English yeah. team to kind of pull for. A lot of a lot of them pull for Chelsea because they've got um, Beckham, uh, Pulisic. Oh. Uh, he's uh, well, I can't remember his first name, um, but he's an American Christian, Christian Pulisic. Oh, okay, and he's American. Oh, okay. Um, so a lot of Americans pull for Chelsea. That's right. my, my brother-in-law and, and nephew do. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, they're good. They're li- I mean, I, they're compared to American teams, they're, they're well, a this, step above. I've heard of them, so that's a good start. So, right. you know, they got to be something. It, what was, they're one of the London clubs. What was Beckham bending them on? What team was that? On? Uh, he played for Manchester United. Manchester United. United. That's the other yeah, one I've heard of. That's okay. one of the big ones. All right. And so is Liverpool. Liverpool's one of the big ones, too. So, the football match in question was an FA Cup semifinal between Liverpool uh, and Nottingham Forest, as we said. And do you know what the FA Cup is, Josh? I don't know what the FA Cup is. Why don't so you tell us? It's a national football tournament held in England where clubs from virtually like the first 10 tiers of English football play in a, a elimination tournament. And so we're talking like the fir- the top 4 are considered um, pro league. Like well, league. I don't know if they they might all be considered professional to some degree or whatever. But I think it's it's the first four league. There's the Premier League, Champions League, um, or Championship League, and then League Tier One and Tier Two, and then you have non-league football, and it's from five down to level ten. So you've got all these, and and they can get to like very small, like fucking very local types of clubs, 
Um, that's crazy. I did so. Yeah. So in in like 2010, 2011, there were 763 teams that competed in the FA Cup. Oh wow! So if you win that, then you're you are, you are yeah, pretty good. You're pretty good. Um, but it's always teams, mostly teams from the Premier League, or oh, maybe the, the second or third second league. No, but nobody below that. I would, I would imagine. I've always wondered what that meant, like Premier League, and what all the leagues were. So that's yeah. So yeah, and if you're in the man, bottom three, I think you. you get relegated down to the next league below. And if you're the top, and if you're in one of the lower leagues. And you're in the top three, I think you get promoted to the next league up. Oh, so that's how it, it's a it's a Shit. it's really it's really cool. Um, it would be awesome if they did that here. But yeah, so you can theoretically huh. you could be a very small club and you just got really good. You could work your way up to the Premier League, which wouldn't happen. But um, like theoretically, you could. So do they? But they do they snatch players from other teams and stuff too? Like drafts? Well, yeah, they trade and okay. they loan players. And I don't know much about all this, but yeah, they've got yeah they definitely trade players and they loan players and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, okay, yeah, there's a lot of that. Man, imagine if like Major League Baseball did that. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, where it would be like if minor league teams if they could, did really good, up. they could get promoted to the majors. Yeah, yeah. and the worst major league teams would get would relegated to down demoted. to man. Uh, Triple A or whatever. Uh, you know what? I wonder sometimes if the best Triple A club could be the worst MLB club. Probably. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, they're. Think I mean, it's like the pretty the much they're interchangeable. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I did not know any of that. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. I've always wondered that too. I really have, but I just didn't really care. Yeah. No, <laughs> to ask it, anybody. It's. Yeah. It seemed kind of complicated at first, but then you just kind of watch. Okay. Watch after a while, and it, it all makes sense. Um, so anyways, and because of this, you can wind up with teams, um, from higher tiers playing teams from lower tiers that normally wouldn't be playing each other because they're mm. in different, you know, right. uh, different levels. And this is a situation like that because Liverpool is like at the top. And this is, I think before there was a premier league, but they're at the top tier. And I think Nottingham Forest was like kind of the next tier down. So it's sort of like a, it's sort of like okay. a major league team playing a, Triple A is Triple A the highest, or is it? Yeah, it's the highest. Yeah, yeah. the Triple A team. I kind of love the name Nottingham Forest because isn't that where Robin yeah. Hood? Yeah, yeah. And this is this is that Nottingham Forest. So Robin Hood was on this team. Yeah. Well, Maid Marian, that Little John, maybe his and the East Side Boys, maybe, maybe his <laughs> the East Side Boys, Little John and the East Side Boys. Wasn't his name Little John? Yeah, it was Little John <laughs> and the East Side Boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, you know Little John, the motherfucking Eastside Boys. Yeah, no, okay. yeah, I know. They live in, in Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Thank you. And the sheriff of Nottingham. The sheriff of Nottingham. Nottingham. Yeah. yeah. Huh. And this story is getting Maid Marian, fucking wild. Maid Marian and Richard Lewis <laughs> as the king. <laughs> Richard Lewis, for sure. Maybe with, Richard with Dreyfuss. Mole, with his mole moving, moving to different parts of his face. And Dave Chappelle. <laughs> Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle blinking, has Blinken. Blinken. And uh, now we moved into hey, Men in Tights. <laughs> did, you, did you say, hey, Blinken? <laughs> no, I said, hey, Blinken. We're man in um, tights. Tight, yep. tights. Um, what were we talking about? Well, what a crazy soccer game. That's what we're talking yeah, about. Oh, yeah. Nottingham Forest. You know, all these characters. Some wild. of them cartoon players. So all the characters from Nottingham Forest had to come out in order to beat. Are they evil? Is Liverpool evil? No. No, uh, I don't, I don't uh, think they're evil. Um, well, it was just the the better team. Oh. Uh, the, so they're the empire. They're the they're yeah, evil. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I'll give you that. Okay. Yeah. And they're in a they're in a venue that's kind of a, a smaller tier venue, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Whereas I they see what's ha- where they here. have it, imagine yeah. if the and this is how I thought of it. It's funny you mentioned uh, baseball because I thought about it in the same way. It'd be like if the Yankees came to play at the West End Stadium. Oh yeah. Like, cause, and now think about the fan base. Like that stadium's not built for that kind of crowd. Okay, so they went to their stadium. Uh, and they were at well. They're at the stadium. They're the stadium was Sheffield Wednesday's stadium. Now Sheffield Wednesday is going to confuse the fuck out of you. It's just the name of it. Don't. It's just the name of a soccer club. If you watch, did you watch the last uh, Ted Lasso? Or no, the no, one before no. that. They, they talked about this. 
He's like, uh, we, we play Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> He's like, we're playing Sheffield on Wednesday. He's like, no, we play them Saturday. Play, we play oh, Sheffield God. Saturday. He's like, no, no, we play Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> so anyways, oh, the, the team is named Sheffield Wednesday because like back in 1890, they only played on Wednesday, but they, you know, evolved into – so they're they're like a, <laughs> they're like a uh, yeah second tier team. But anyways, that's okay. where they played this okay. game at. And so it was this like a neutral, 1989. Was it like a neutral site type of deal. Maybe okay. I guess that's how it was. Well, and you know what the the lower team was probably super stoked. So their fans are probably like, all right, yeah, we're gonna go see a real match here. Or whatever it's called a match, right? Yes. Yeah. Very good. I'm learning, baby. Uh, as is common at domestic matches in England, uh, opposing supporters were segregated. Nottingham Forest supporters were allocated the South Stands and the East Stands with a combined capacity of nearly 30,000, reached by 60 turnstiles spaced along two sides of the ground. Liverpool supporters were allocated the North and West Ends, uh, which where Leppings Lane was, which will be important, holding 24,256 fans reached by 23 turnstiles from a narrow concourse. So 10, st- 10 turnstiles provided access to 9,700 seats in the north stand, and a further six provided access to 4,400 seats in the upper tier of the west stand. And then finally, seven turnstiles provided access to 10,100 standing places in the lower tier of the west stand. So... Although they had more supporters, they were their uh, Nottingham Force was allocated a larger area uh, to avoid the approach the approach routes of rival fans. Uh-huh. So that might be a good uh, uh, time to bring up. So this is the '80s. How much do you know about like soccer hooligans? Oh, I know soccer hooligans don't fuck around. No, I, they don't. I honestly think I think and tell me if I'm wrong. Well, I don't know. It might just be an opinion, I guess. But because soccer is such a long match. They just do nothing but drink, right, and get riled the fuck up, and they really support their their teams. Well, so yeah, they are gonna. They basically like what we tailgate. You know, yeah. they're gonna go to the pub right next to the stadium mm-hmm. or wherever uh, and get pissed, uh, yeah. and then they're gonna come to the stadium and probably drink more at the stadium. But yeah. they like the in, the environment in like an English football match is. Like they're like singing and chanting yeah, and making like noise the whole gang. time. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It's raucous. It's like being in a gang or being in like a huge like brotherhood, and that's what they treat it like. It's insane. And we were just talking about the dynamo. Oh yeah. Well now yeah. When you talk now, I'm just, I'm just talking about generally like the, the atmosphere. Now when you talk about the oh. hooligans and stuff, and this was a big thing, especially back then in like the '80s. It was like a you know fucking shit on Dateline and stuff on it, like or not Dateline, whatever the fuck N- NBC Nightline. Like it was a big deal. Like like because they're causing so so much problems and there's all kinds of hooligan incidents and i think yeah. england actually got banned from european like club uh yeah, play for a while because their fans were acting so uh poorly at other people's venues like in in europe yeah and you can't do anything about it they're all it's, jacked yeah, up just too. crazy and just, just jacked up and, and just like fight. yeah just fighting on like like gang fighting on like a mass scale yeah. basically mm-hmm. but it's crazy it's crazy how into it and so, yeah, they had to, like, keep the Nottingham Forest and the Liverpool, Liverpool fans um, from even crossing paths with each other oh. out of fear that it would, like, lead to fights and stuff. And I'm sure they were understaffed, so. But as a result, they, they wound up giving Nottingham Forest a lot more uh, space uh, to Oh, to stretch to and shit, to get ready? Whereas all the Liverpool fans all had to go through one uh, entrance at Leppings Lane. And so it created this really bad bottleneck mm-hmm. for this huge uh, crush of fans. Yeah, and like four turnstiles, six turnstiles, something like that. Yeah, so as a, as a result of the stadium layout uh, and segregation policy, turnstiles that normally would have been used to enter the north stand from the east were off limits. And all Liverpool supporters, like we we're saying, uh, had to converge on a single entrance at Leppings Lane. On match day, radio and television advised fans without tickets not to attend. Rather than establishing crowd safety as a priority, uh, clubs, local authorities, and police viewed their roles and responsibilities uh, through the, quote, lens of hooliganism. So that's, that's the whole mindset was based on a concern for that mm-hmm. rather than if basically they got blindsided. They didn't even think about this, something like this happening. Yeah. 
and mm-hmm, they were overwhelmed to say the least mm-hmm. and cr- the craziest shit i've seen recently was the dynamo fans from berlin where they just light the fucking uh you light it. flares the dynamo club where, where they, they light, light rick flares <laughs> <laughs> where they light Woo! flares in the Woo! um <laughs> I cut that out cut that shit out <laughs> where they light flares Woo! in the fucking stands and make it look like it's on fire and rick flares in the stands Rick Flair's on fire. <laughs> Anyways, back to hooliganism. Hooliganism. Hula hula hooliganism. It sounds like a bunch of fucking insane people doing hula hoops. That would be a scary. It sounds like an Irish name to me. It'd be a lot of hips. Edward Hooligan. Edward O'Hooligan. Three chartered trains. <laughs> all, right, all right, hold on. So, so three chartered... Three chartered trains transported. <laughs> Three chartered trains transported what? Liverpool supporters to Sheffield for a match. For a ma- <laughs> oh, reset, reset, reset. <clears throat> Three chartered trains. Three chartered trains. Three chartered trains. Three chartered trains transported Liverpool supporters to Sheffield for a match fixture in 1988, but only one such train ran in 1989. The 350 passengers arrived at the ground at about 2.20 p.m. This is for a match that's going to start at 3 p.m. Oh, uh, between okay. 2.30 and 2.40, there was a buildup of supporters outside the turnstiles facing Leppings Lane. Uh, this is where all the Liverpool fans are going through, uh, eager to enter the stadium before the game began. At 2.46 p.m., the BBC's football commentator had already noticed the imbalance of distribution of people in the Leppings Lane pens. Uh, while rehearsing for the match off air, he suggested a nearby cameraman look as well. There's gaps, you know, in parts, in parts of the ground. Well, if you look at the Liverpool end, to the right of the goal, there's hardly anybody on those steps. That's it. Look down there. Brilliant. Thank you. And you got it with the three chartered trains transported. Also, I want to know who the big the BBC is. Who's the BBC? Uh, we're talking about a big... British broad. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? Mm-hmm. Moving on, moving on, moving on. Mm-hmm. What, so what are you talking no, about? No, Br- the British Broadcasting Company. The British Broadcasting, yeah. Cock. The BBC. The big broadcasting cock. Outside the stadium, a bottleneck developed with more fans arriving than could be safely filtered uh, through the turnstiles before 3 p.m. People presenting tickets at the wrong turnstiles and those who had been refused entry could not leave because of the crowd behind them, but remained as an obstruction. So you get kind of the what's going on here. Yeah, it's obviously bottlenecking into here. So there's this entrance at Leppings Lane that goes into the stadium area, but not into the stadium. Yeah. But then you have the turnstiles that gets you into the stadium, into the stands. And so as there's people like going up there and realizing they can't go in that way. Yeah, hello, claustrophobia. So they they have to leave, but they the only way to get out is the way they came in. But there's so many people coming in from behind them and all bottlenecked at this gate. Um, they that can't there's get no out. way they can get out, but now they're just in the way. And so you're creating this just... Well, I'll tell you like this. Said, crush of people. Man. Crush of people. Mm, that's my... I hate that so much. I'm, I've said this on multiple episodes. Being in crowds, I cannot stand that be, be, because of this reason. I imagine being at a concert and you're in the middle of the shit and you can just... get One person falls. Person. One person falls and the whole crowd just sways and you're just, you can't, literally, you're not in control of your body. You're just, uh, uh. can we, can we digress for a moment? Sure. You saw that um, documentary on Woodstock, mm-hmm. uh, especially the one in 99. Yeah. Um, could, like, could you imagine being in that shit? No. Especially in the, in the heat where people didn't have enough to drink. Yeah. And then you're crushed. On like on a tarmac because used to be an air force base and the kind of people that are crushing you too that's just by a bunch of bros a bunch of bros a bunch of singing corn biscuits and limb biscuit (laughs) fans they're doing it all for the nookie and you're you're dead on the ground yeah so what are you gonna do with that cookie you stick it up your fucking dead ass yeah yeah that was you got heavy there sorry no but but well see that's what that music does exactly there's there's no way you'll find me. I, I stand behind the crowd. If there's a huge crowd, I stand behind the crowd or I get a seat. I'm not. Have you been to like Bonnaroo or something like that? No, no. I've been to smaller deals where I just stand in the back, brother. Yeah. 
my ideal concert is like being in a box away from every other person. Oh yeah. Except for whoever I'm with. Yeah. And being well, served shit. Well, what about being in a in a crowded stadium? That's if you have a seat. As long as that's you have okay. a seat. Yeah. If it's a crowded stadium and everybody has a seat, that's mm-hmm. okay. When people start standing in the aisles, makes me nervous. Oh no, people. So no, I'm not people, doing. I'm not down with that. So like, people shouldn't be doing that. If shit. I was here at the soccer game, I'd be. I don't know, man. I would just yeah, try to so get the fuck out of there. In these areas, and I think we'll talk about it more. Um, we're standing. They were standing only yeah. uh, terraces. And so we'll get to that because that was problematic. I just don't like people touching me either. That's another thing. Can't. I don't no, like I'm that. With you. I'll, I'll be honest with our audience. I have glasses. Very protective of them. If I was in a group of people and they were lost, I would not be able to see because I'm blind without them. So I would be, it would be a night, it would have to be my worst nightmare. Yeah. I'll be able to see who, who I came with or to find them again. I would just, I don't know what I would do. Yeah, and I've seen like people are always poking at your glasses, trying to break the frames so you can't yeah. see. Why do people do that? I don't know. That's crazy. I don't know. Every time I get I in a group of people, they try to take face. them. They try to take them and then pass them around to each other and call yeah. me a nerd and stuff. Yeah, I've seen it happen on a number of occasions. At that Arby's that one time. Oh, oh, are we, are we shouting out Arby's again? I think this is back to back episodes. <laughs> yeah. We talk about Arby's. <laughs> if you want to eat fresh, you eat at Arby's. <laughs> Eat fresh is not Arby's. So fans outside could hear cheering uh, as the teams came on the pitch. Did we already cover what a pitch is? Did you say it? Yeah, it's when somebody throws a ball. No, no. In, no. in baseball or cricket. No. So teams came on the pitch. That's the field. What? Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Next thing you're going to say is they count up instead of down. They do. Holy shit. They do. And they add time. Just for fun? Just fucking, they just add a certain number of what they, what they call stoppage time at the end of each half. How many halves are there? Two. Five. <laughs> Could there be more than two halves? I don't know. It's a half. So, so there's two of them. Okay. Yeah. We're all learning here. We're all learning. Everybody in this so room is learning. The, today. the idea being that so the clock runs and it doesn't stop. But sometimes a guy's injured or something, play does stop. So they try to add that time and put it on the end huh. so that you are playing a full 45 minutes. For a sport with fans that are just out of control, that's very considerate. It's considerate, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they like – and at the end of the game, um, once, you, once you've got – so that, say they add four minutes of stoppage time and it's the 94th minute. So they if like the team that's down you know, a, a goal – if they've got the ball and they're making a run, the ref is not going to blow the whistle until they've let that shot play. Yeah, they let it play. They let let it develop, see what happens, and then probably if they like miss it or whatever, then they'll wind up blowing the whistle and the game will end. But mm, it's uh, that is it's, it's interesting. That is interesting. It's not as opposed to in, in American sports, you're used to it just being fucking buzzer. Yep. You know, it's over. You know, it counts yeah. down and then it's over. It's over at a. Very definite time. So what was happening is very similar to – so they could hear uh, that the uh, teams had taken the pitch and they could hear crowd cheering. So they're, like, freaking out. And it's not um, – it's similar to um, the Who – have you heard about the the concert crowd crush uh, when the Who played in Cincinnati in 1979? No, but I'm sure they rushed, right? No. They rushed the, the stage. It was it was the who, no, uh, but it was not Rush, right? But so you're saying that the Rush was in the audience watching the, the crowd who? crush. It was a crush. It was outside. I think it happened more outside the arena. It's, no, it was so this happened at a Who concert. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Um, yes, it happened at a fucking Who concert. Stupid piece of shit. Um, anyways, they they came out to warm up. Is what I was saying. Oh, and uh, so they weren't actually playing, and people outside were like thought the concert had started, and so they were like f- freaking out, and that's caused this surge forward, and that's what crushed a lot of people. Similar here, they heard the teams were out on the field, and that caused that surge forward. I mean, you really got to love the Who and some soccer just to be like, oh, no, I'm missing it. I'm missing the opening. I understand. I listen. I understand. I well, like, if you're if you're I'm like a music fan, so I, yeah. Obviously. I mean, it'd be whatever. I mean, if they 
paid to get tickets. Presumably, they mm-hmm. really like the Who. And this is in 1979 when like the Who was, yeah, pretty big. Oh, they were, um, yeah, yeah. So and it was in Cincinnati, and you know they do it upright <laughs> in Cincinnati. Here we go. Man. Um, they get crunk. Here we go. In Cincinnati. So a police constable radioed control requesting that the game be delayed to ensure the safe passage of supporters into the ground. The request to delay the start of the match by 20 minutes was declined. Oh, well, shit. Who was it declined by? The refs? I don't know. The police or something. The head of the soccer the head, the, club? <laughs> the queen. <laughs> was the queen there? Yeah, she was. Did she get crushed to death? <laughs> no, she did not. I know because she's still alive. And that, she's yeah. never going to die. With an estimated 5,000 fans trying to enter through the uh, turnstiles and increasing safety concerns, the police, to avoid fatalities outside the ground, opened a large exit gate, uh, Gate C, that ordinarily permitted the free flow of supporters departing the stadium. Two further gates, A and B, were subsequently opened to relieve pressure. After, after an initial rush, thousands of supporters entered the stadium uh, steadily at a fast walk. So you just have a bunch of people that are now pouring into these West Stands. Yeah, so what you have are people in their seats are standing in their standing-only places yeah. that they're already in. Yeah. And then a rush of people because of the teams came on the pitch. Right. And, and they surged forward because yeah. they're like, shit, they're playing. I don't want to miss it. And then, this and then is they, when they the- open these gates up, and they don't direct anybody. I think I might cover that in the script uh, in a moment, but they don't direct them to away from areas that are full. Okay. So they keep pouring into the same standing room uh, area on the West and pushing forward yeah, and just, just pushing, pushing forward. There's not room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like an incident's about to happen. Yeah. When the gates were open, thousands of fans entered a narrow tunnel leading from the rear of the terrace into two overcrowded central pens, uh, three and four creating pressure at the front. Hundreds of people were pressed against one another and the fencing by the weight of the crowd behind them. People entering were unaware of the problems at the fence. Police or stewards usually stood at the entrance of the tunnel and when the central pens reached capacity, directed fans to the side pens. But on this occasion, uh, for reasons not fully explained, they did not. And that, that was a problem. Even if they were kind of like dispersing them, these people were going to go wherever they wanted it anyways, probably. They probably could have helped the... Yeah. Oh, they could have helped. It, it all, they all piled into the central, into that, that, those, that central area. Oh, if you're in the bottom, if you're on the first row. Yeah, well that, and that's where all the pressure accumulates mm-hmm, is course. at the front. And you're, you're there like, I'm on the first fucking row, man. This you're, is you're screwed. the best. And yeah. then you're getting pushed through. Now, this <laughs> is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, you're getting pressed through a net like a Play-Doh. And then the ball there. like hits you in the face. <laughs> And you're like, this is the best. And you're dead. Um, The match between Liverpool and Nottingham Forest began as scheduled at 3 p.m. Fans were still streaming into pens 3 and 4 from the rear entrance tunnel as the match began. For some time, problems at the front of the Liverpool central goal pens went largely unnoticed, except by those inside them and a few police at the end of the pitch. Liverpool's goalkeeper, Bruce Grobelar. <laughs> I know you met him, nice. right? You're a huge Bruce Gro- Grobelar I fan, cannot believe you? you're talking about Bruce Grobelar <laughs> right now, bro. Are you serious? You know I have the Bruce Grobelar. Tell us about that time you met Bruce Grobelar. Uh, oh, well, I have the Bruce, Bruce I have the Bruce Grobelar um, shoes on right now. They're half cleats, half shoes. So you're always ready to be on the pitch. Yeah, they got the, um, the image of Bruce Grobelar. On the inside of the soul, so you never, so you note that you have soul when you you see him, and you're like, I got soul, just like you, Bruce. Goalkeeper Bruce Grobelar cannot believe it. Reported fans behind the Go goal Bruce. pleading to him for help as the situation worsened. Uh, the police at first attempted to stop fans from spilling out of the pens, uh, some believing this to be a pitch invasion. So again, they're thinking hooligans. Yeah, yeah, they're thinking these all oh, these people are just trying to rush get past the gates and get onto the field did they hurt bruce and bruce was okay as far as i know yeah thank god you know that (laughs) bruce almighty you you talk to bruce all the time at approximately 304 p.m a shot from liverpool's peter beardsley hit the crossbar are you fucking kidding me right now (laughs) 
Beardsley. You're, you're the president of the Peter Beardsley fan club, Beard, are you not? Beardsley? Yes. You, we're talking about... Liverpool. Peter Beardsley. He hit the crossbar Be- in that match that one time. Yes. <laughs> he is oh, not wow. enforced. Yeah. Possibly connected to the excitement. A surge in... Uh, yeah, so this happened. Guy almost scores a goal. People are going crazy. Mm-hmm. So this created even further excitement in the crowd to like get in there. Um, so there's a surge in pin three, causing one of its metal crush barriers to give way. So that that's that's what was take, keeping them from being on the pitch. And so now, like, there's an obvious problem. Yeah. Uh, so South Yorkshire, South Yorkshire Police Superintendent Greenwood, the ground commander, uh, realized the situation and ran on the field to gain referee Ray Lewis's attention. Lewis stopped the match at 3.05. So, I mean, they barely got into it. Are you talking about referee Ray fucking Lewis? Uh, yes. Liverpool's Ray Lewis, the yes. referee. He's also the one from Baltimore. My favorite Ray Lewis of mm-hmm. all time. It's the, the one who got away one with murder. Only. Yeah, it's Ray Lewis. It's that Ray Lewis. Hey. Little known fact. Was he the BBC? <laughs> <laughs> he was also the BBC commentator. <laughs> I knew it. I fucking knew it. Ray Lewis, BBC commentator and Referee. Referee. All right. Well, they got so he got his attention. Uh, but Lewis stopped the match at three o five as fans climbed the fence in an effort to escape the crush and went onto the track. So it was like a track kind of separating them. Okay, it was like a high school. I'm trying field. to imagine this as you say it. So if you see me like looking up like this, that means I'm imagining it. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I know that look. By this time, a small gate in the fence had been forced open, and some fans escaped via this route, as others continued to climb over the fencing. Other fans were pulled to safety by fans in the west stand above the Leppings Lane Terrace. Uh, the intensity of the crush broke more crush barriers on the terraces, and holes in the perimeter fencing were made by fans desperately attempting to rescue others. And there's a picture of this that I will post on uh, socials of people picking people from the bottom up to the top. Yeah, up to the next, up to the, up to the next tier of fans. Yeah, yeah. there are people. They're, they're reaching up and they're pulling mm-hmm. them up, up out of the crush that way. But just imagine, so you're basically at the front of this stand of uh, in a stadium, and everybody at the bottom is getting just crushed and yep. to where they broke open the barriers, and I guess they're, they're like piling out onto the field, but some people are just so um, packed in there. Man, that's um, God, claustrophobia. The crowd in the Leppings Lane stand spilt onto the pitch, where where the many injured and traumatized fans who had climbed to safety uh, congregated. Football players from both teams were ushered to their respective dressing rooms and told that there would be a 30-minute postponement. Those still trapped in the pens were packed so tightly that many victims died of compressive asphyxia while standing. So in other words, their chests or their torsos were so tightly constricted by the people around them that they could not draw air into their lungs and asphyxiated. And that was, and it wasn't just many of them. It was almost all of them. 96 out of 97 died uh, either directly from that or uh, from complications resulting from that. Yeah. One time when I was like a kid, um, I was fucking with something. I don't even remember what it was really, but uh, where my dad worked, it felt on top of me. It was crushing my chest, but my arms were in this position, like a push-up position. So I was able to lift it off of me and able to get it off or whatever. But I always wondered, if my arms were in this position, would it have crushed me to death? And how long would it have taken? Because it was just heavy enough to where it was, a, I had to try pretty hard to get out of it. Um, so, I don't know. I made it, though, so I'm still here. Was anybody around? Uh, yeah, somebody would have found me eventually, but I don't know. I don't know if it would have been. How long is eventually, bro? I don't know. They were at work, so. Oh, well, yeah. But it was in the it was in the plant itself, so it was like this. Uh, it was a piece of metal. It was like a metal. I don't even know the fuck. I don't know what it was. But it was a heat treating plant, so they're fashioning metal together. As a way to go, what do you think about that? I don't like it. As far as back as like the witch trials and stuff, place a board on you and place yeah. rocks. Like kind of like what you were talking yeah. about earlier. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Man, that's what they would do. And one by one, like just another another rock. He's not Keep, dead yet. They yeah, check him. They're like, can't, oh, he's not dead you yet. can't draw air into yeah. your lungs. And then they keep you there, and that's oh, that's torturous too. So, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. It's a, no, a drawn that way. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. That. How about you? Would you, you wouldn't want that. You don't want that. No, I. I yeah. You no, want that? <laughs> no, no, I would not want that. 
Um, but you know, compared to um, um, a chimpanzee ripping your face. Yes, off? that's exactly what I was thinking. Okay. About. Uh, oh. uh, are we saying dead either way? Dead, dead either way. I don't know. Um, you okay? You would take a monkey eating your face? Hey, it, well, I mean, that's what you want. Well, you want. it's not just because I. Which one's gonna be quicker? Okay. What I'm thinking. So is somebody placing? Are we doing the rock torture, or are you just gonna be crushed by like a falling? You, you know. No, not crushed. Yeah, no, we're saying the rock torture. We're like, talking we're, about we're being, talking like, weight gradually increase. The Hillsboro incident itself. Yeah. No, gosh, yeah, that's a that's a hard one to choose. Well, not even Hillsboro done in a method, done in a way to draw it out. Hmm. Like in the witch, the Salem witch trials. Yeah, you just put a bunch of stones on on dude. You have a point. I, whatever's faster. Because I feel like yeah, that's gonna be <laughs> yeah. that would really suck. You have a point. Yeah, I think the the chimpanzee. Yeah, you I'm assuming it, it makes you bleed out yeah. relatively quickly. I just fucking just yeah, definitely that. just get it over with. And then pick Man. up that Elmo doll and just and, me, and meet my destiny. You were at Crush. Are we talking yeah. about crushing more? So we were talking about the <clears throat> compressive asphyxia. That's what almost all okay. of the people who died that day, that's what killed them. All right. Uh, meanwhile, on the pitch, police, stewards, and members of the ambulance service were overwhelmed. Uh, many uninjured fans assisted the injured, and several attempted CPR and others tore down advertising signs to use as stretchers. Good so idea. The, so the fans are stepping up. Chief Superintendent John Nesbitt of South Yorkshire Police later briefed um, Michael Shursby, MP, that's Member of Parliament, uh, that leaving the rescue to the fans was a deliberate strategy and is quoted as saying, uh, quote, we let the fans help so that they would not take out their frustration on the police. We let the fans help? That's what he said? So what do you think? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what he said. No, sir, I don't believe So they, they are, they're in it as far as they're their complete lack of control over the situation. Mm-hmm. Like it was on them that this disaster happened. And then there we'll see as, as we go into it, they try to blame the fans for, yeah. for what happened. And then to the extent the fans were doing a good thing, they tried to like take credit for that. Yeah. Like that was, that was, that them. was part of their strategy. Yeah. And now would be a good time to bring us back to the matter of facts. That's the facts about corner. And today and the that that we mention of the facts is about crush on the paddy way. Mm-hmm. How many pounds to crush a person? You're thinking. Well, the human body can withstand 50 psi. That's pounds per square inch. I looked that one up this time, so nobody had to look it up, and I already knew that one anyway. And if that's that's on sudden impact, so 50 pounds per square inch. However. If it's sustained pressure, the body can withstand up to 400 PSI if the weight is gradually increased, like the stone crushing. Right. So to give you an idea of that, it's about 520 pounds will crush a human skull and will absolutely crush a human body. But six pounds of pressure can crack a human skull. So that's interesting. So... I think that what this is saying is you can't, it's impossible for a regular human being to crush somebody's skull with your hands. A, a human being can't create that kind of pressure? Can't create 520 pounds of pressure with your hands. Yeah. Alone. I'm sure somebody out there with a massive could, arm could. Yeah. Um, but it only takes six pounds to crack a skull. So not that much, honestly. Yeah. Also, well, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I swear I've seen in a movie somewhere where a guy was tied to the bottom of a shipping container and huh. like this this these criminals were like um threatening him like you know tell us what we want or whatever we're gonna drop this fucking container oh with you on underneath it i can't remember if they did or not <laughs> but wow. wow thank you for that think about that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and think of, hey, let me ask you would you would you rather i'm pretty sure i know the answer where they just drop it or they slowly <laughs> lower it. Yeah. Slo- I, I that would just be want to feel the pressure. I just I just, feel, it's like a, just I just a, want to really enjoy it. I just want to enjoy I it. I want to savor it. Feel the pressure on me. I just like like a, like a it, hug, like a like a strong ass hug. I, I like that. I bet you would feel your skull about to pop. You, you absolutely would. Oh no! You yeah, absolutely you would, would, and then you'd be dead shit. though. But you'd be dead immediately oh, as soon as it popped. Would, would you? Yeah, you'd have to be right. 
brain matter everywhere. Man, nothing's hooked up a, anymore. Mm, no, nothing's hooked up no more. That's a weird way to say it, but that's true. I don't know, man. That's not a <laughs> yeah. That's not a good one. Um, that's not a good one. So more facts about Crush. I'll take I'll take fucking five chimpanzees over that shit. Five? Yeah. They'll rip your yeah. They rip make your it body even quicker. Apart. Make it even quicker. Yeah, right. All on Xanax or just a couple on Xanax? Maybe some on cocaine. Fucking What's the drug you would choose for for your chimp to murder you? Oh, you know, I heard of something uh, recently. God, what was it called? Yeah, it was called uh, Datura. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? What hmm. were we talking about? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what are we? Uh, what are you saying? Uh, we're talking about drugs, I guess. But uh, what drug would you choose? Your chimp to take. Yeah. If it were on Datura, uh, <laughs> that'd be pretty bad. I, I'm going to cut a lot of that out, but I'm just <laughs> letting the mob know. We sat here for, what, 50 minutes for you to look that no, up? Well, listen, listen. And, and you didn't even say what, what it is. So few, it's a flower, for one thing. A uh, few substances, and this is what some doctor said. Few substances have received as many severely negative recreational experience reports as has Detura. The overwhelming majority of those who describe their use of Detura find their experiences extremely unpleasant, both mentally and often physically dangerous. Yeah, it sounds like shit. Why would you take that? I don't know. I don't know because everything I've ever heard, that's what it's like. They're like, it's terrible. And... I, like I was listening to one of those um, or watching one of those YouTube videos and like uh, internet mysteries. And one was like on some Reddit board, a guy posted how he's about to take a bunch of Detura and somebody and everybody was like, dude, you should be careful of that shit. That it's, it'll fuck you up. And then he never posted ever again. Oh, <laughs> wow. You know what? Um, if you really want it to happen fast, you should just give the chimp um, bath salts because that makes you want to eat people's faces off. Anyways, so double the the speed, but is that hunger. is that putting a hat on a hat? You know. Yeah, but it makes it two hats, doesn't it? Well, and does it make it hatception? Yeah, is it I inside so. another hat? Yeah. Okay. Facts about Crush number two. Crush is under the PepsiCo umbrella, owned by Cure Dr Pepper. Created in 1911 by a chemist, Neil C. Ward, as an orange soda, Orange Crush was born. Hey, how many flavors of Crush are there? Um, seven. Seven? Can you name them? Yeah. Flavors of Crush? This goes with the facts about Crush part two. Orange. Yeah, that's the original. Purple. Okay, grape. <laughs> Cherry. <laughs> Cherry. <laughs> the fuck out of here, man. Is there not a cherry crush? No, there's pineapple, mm. grapefruit, mm. grape, yeah, fruit, <laughs> <laughs> like fruit punch. No, no, no. no. Is there a fruit forgot. punch there crush? Some. No, that would be good. That would be good. All right. Well, that in, that concludes. Oh, you know what? One more. Wait, cr- did that conclude? Are we done? No, no. That concludes my facts. Matter of facts about. Oh, <laughs> see, we're no. This is a sure. huge section right now. And that concludes, as a matter of fact, that's the facts about that corner. Thank you. you that was, I like that. Thank you. The agreed upon protocol for the South Yorkshire Metropolitan Ambulance Service. Fucking say that five times fast. You can't say anything's five times fast. These things no. are insane. Um, Everything's Yorkshire. Anyways, the agreed protocol was that ambulances were to queue at the entrance of the gymnasium, which is nearby termed the Casualty Reception Point, or CRP. Any individuals within the stadium in need of medical attention were to be delivered expeditiously by police and paramedics to the CRP. The system of ferrying injured from any location within the stadium to the CRP required a formal declaration to be made by those in charge for it to take effect. As this declaration was not immediately performed, confusion reigned over those attempting to administer aid on the pitch. This confusion migrated to the first responders waiting in ambulances at the CRP, a location which det- quickly deteriorated into an ambulance parking lot. Some crews were hesitant to leave their vehicles, unsure of whether patients were coming to them or vice versa. Others who did leave their vehicles were then faced with the obstacles inherent 
and placing distance between themselves and their equipment. So basically they couldn't do as much if they didn't have their vans with them and they weren't sure if they were supposed to be going down there to get them mm-hmm. or if they were going to be brought to them. Pure chaos. Nobody was taking charge of the situation, it seems. Yeah, and it seems like some ambulances were probably parked, left their ambulances to go get people or yeah. figure out what's going on. And maybe they an couldn't, ambulance couldn't but, move. But then, then they didn't the have the one. stuff they needed to help people because yeah. they just didn't know what's going them. on. Yeah. And then if the other ones did come back with people, they couldn't move all of a sudden because the one left with their keys and they couldn't. Yeah, it's just a fucking right. it's, it's a complete disaster. disaster. No, yeah. no overall uh, coordination. Uh, as the Hillsboro Independent Panel explained in their report, quote, the equipment was no use on the ambulance vehicle when critical early resuscitation was taking pl- place some distance away on the pitch behind the Leppings Lane and, and in the gymnasium. Some ambulance crew did take equipment when they left the vehicle, but there was no systematic direction to do so. Not all did, and none initially had been given any information about the situation inside the stadium. Yeah, and are you able to even get down to the pitch right there's so many people still right a total of 42 ambulances arrived at the stadium out of this number two managed of their own accord to make their way onto the pitch while a third ambulance made its way onto the pitch at the direction of uh, deputy chief ambulance officer alan hopkins who felt its visibility might allay crowd concerns the remaining 39 ambulances were collectively able to transport approximately 149 people to either Northern General Hospital, Royal Hallamshire Hospital, or Barnsley Hospital for treatment. Hmm. What a mess. I would have wanted to go to Royal Hallamshire Hospital. Royal Hallamshire. Where'd Bruce go? Who, Bruce? Yeah. He visited all of them that I, night. I, I knew he would because he's such wish a nice well. guy. He gave them all a teddy bear. That was, mm-hmm. He's such a good guy. Yes. Did he go to all of the dead's funeral? Yes. They all had one funeral. You know that, right? Yeah, I did. I, I did read about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they had 42 um, ambulances. Only three managed to get onto the field. <laughs> That's insane. But the other ones did take people, so they got people to them somehow. Well, yeah, eventually. Yeah, well, yeah, eventually. Eventually. Which some they, people probably perished in the meantime, yeah. which I'm sure absolutely did happen, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the adverse comments of two doctors regarding the emergency response appeared in the media. Their views were not... Uh, the maverick view from a disaffected minority, but the considered opinion of the majority of professionals present from the outset. The match itself was abandoned, but was restaged at Old Trafford uh, in Manchester on May 7th, 1989, with Liverpool winning and going on to win the FA Cup. Okay, well, at least they won and won. But this is Old, Tra- Old Trafford Friday? Old Trafford is the name of the uh, stadium. Okay. It's where Manchester United plays. Mm. But they weren't playing Manchester oh. United. Okay. They were playing Everton, actually, which is their cross-town rival. Oh. Yeah. Defeat them. Okay. FA Cup. And they won. Yep. Uh, in the following days and weeks, police fed the uh, press false stories. And so here's where, again, what we were, mentioned, were alluding to earlier, the police kind of pointed the fingers for the, the, for the disaster at the fans themselves. Tried to make it out like there's a bunch of drunk hooligan fans that rushed the pitch and that they caught there. Basically, it was their fault that mm-hmm. all this happened. When really, as what we just discussed, um, the problem was they were not their lack of pre- being prepared for something like this to happen, their lack of foresight, and their lack of a, a proper response when it did start to happen. Yeah. Um, because their heads were elsewhere on like hooligans and shit. Yeah. That's what they were thinking about. Yeah. And there probably were people there acting a goddamn fool and, you know, being a hooligan. But it was completely their fault. And the fact that they just so hardcore went after the fans, like, this is like this is definitely your fault. And, like, earlier when they were like, yeah, we allowed them to help. So, you know. That's yeah, they, they fed the press false stories um, to, to say, to basically indicate that that's what was going on. Those hooliganism and drunkenness by Liverpool supporters. Uh, which caused the disaster. Uh, blaming the Liverpool fans persisted even after uh, the Taylor Report of 1990, which found that the main cause was a failure of control by the South Yorkshire Police. Well, now we're coming to a segment of the show that we like to call the safety dance. Safety dance. 
the elimination of fenced standing terrace in favor of all cedar stadiums in the top two tiers of English football. Say that one more time. Was that a, did you so, say in the middle of a sentence? I have no idea. I feel like you started in the middle of a sentence there. Um, so as a result of what happened at Hillsborough, um, they eliminated standing uh, only fenced in <laughs> seating areas Thank you. Uh, for the top two levels of English football. Basically, okay. that that'd be all seaters as they call them. All seaters. All seaters. No places where you just stand and watch. They call those beaters. So no beaters. All seaters. They call those standing only. Oh, all right. We're all learning here. Listen, we're all learning. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So basically. It's been a drawn-out thing. I mean, even just up to a few years ago, they're still having um, inquiries into, you know, that's what they call Inquiries? Inquiries. Inquiries, right. And they that's also a, say... <laughs> that's, that's what they call an investigation. Okay. Oh, okay. An, an inquiry. Uh, but anyways, they've been having... They've, they've... Even just as, like, recent as a few years ago, they were still coming out with conclusions about what happened. But the consensus is that... Um, it was the police. It was their job to control the situation, and, and it was their failure to yeah. do so that led to the disaster. It was not. And, in fact, they uh, perpetuated this idea that it was the Liverpool supporters that were responsible. And I feel like they can admit that today because it's like it happened in 89. So, yeah, we did that. That was our fault. Our bad. Because like, it's not the same police force anymore. It doesn't right. matter. And it, well, hasn't, it seem, seemingly hasn't happened again at that with the same police no, force. They, so. Well, they immediately, they, well, thereafter, they changed that stand at the west end of that stadium uh, to make it all, all seaters. an all-seater. Yeah. Yeah. And they also say aluminum. Aluminum, yeah. Which I kind of like that. And lorries for trucks. Lorries for trucks. And yep. lifts for elevators and flats for apartments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that I, stuff. I fuck with all that. I like it. But so Liverpool, they... Um, they really celebrate the and so it was for a long time it was ninety six people that died, but then like one died many years later yeah. as a result of their injuries. So it was ninety seven. One um, died like like I want to say in the last ten, 10 years. years later or something. Yeah, I think no, within the last ten years. Oh, so within the last ten years like of twenty today. Oh. twenty years later. Oh, I, I believe it was twenty three years later that these yeah. people, this person died. And yeah, just, and apparently it was from ultimately it was from injuries that they sustained. Man, um, which it was, which was to say they lost. I think what happened to this person sure. is they'd lost oxygen to their brain for so long um, that yep. it, it it turned them into a vegetable. Into a vegetable. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah. Wow. 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 So yeah, wow. ninety seven to die. But yeah, Liverpool still you know commemorates them, uh, and they still you know you know honor the memory of, of those of their fans that died. Uh, so it's still very much part of their culture. The sounds of being in a crush of people must be horrific. Oh, yeah. It's got to be terrible. I mean, people gasping, bone snapping. Yeah. I mean, literally. I mean, mm. it's just crazy. Mm. It? Like, oh. <laughs> it's like the crowd turns into like an animal, you know? Yeah, and like, you can't control you it. You can't control it. You can't control if it at you're all. In, like, just like you, I was saying at the concert, you're in the middle. You don't control your body. You are... And everybody at least understands that at concerts. Oh yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> but so I actually had the note on what we were just talking about. In July 2021, a coroner ruled that Andrew Devine, who died 32 years after suffering severe 32 uh, years. Or no, wow. no, he died 30. So I guess in 2021 is when this coroner ruled this. Um, so he died 32 years after suffering severe and irreversible brain damage on the. On the day of the Hillsborough disaster. So flip it. It was 32 years, not 23 years. Yes, yeah, 32 man. years. Okay. Hey, trooper, trooper, trooper. All right, well, I believe that we crushed this episode. We crushed it. Waiting the whole episode to say that, and it just didn't. It didn't land how I wanted it to. No. Because, I, I mean, it's too easy. So, mm-hmm. But just remember, everybody, stay safe out there. Be careful not to find yourself in your own macabre reality. Bye.